Good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time of this recording. This is episode 41 of the Restricted Zone podcast, and it's strictly basketball in this episode. We're going to touch on a lot about the playoffs that are currently happening right now, two games that are going to be played today on this Thursday. And we Coach K, he's retiring, so how that impacts college basketball whole. And, you know, when it comes to recruitment against other coaches, we'll touch on that too. But before we get started and dive in, I want to introduce my fellow co-host, uh, Chris. Introduce yourself, man. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Yes, sir. Kyrie, introduce yourself, man. Yo, what's up with y'all? Yes, sir. Mara, introduce yourself, man. What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me, Colin. Big facts. Lodge, introduce yourself, man. What's good, everybody? How's everybody doing today? Yes, sir. Gregor, introduce yourself, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's get it. So now... Like I said, it's going to be a lot of basketball. Right now, it's the second round right now in the playoffs. Two games are going to be played today. You got the Bucks and Nets. But we're going to talk about the first round. We're going to give our analysis on it, some takeaways, the biggest surprises from the first round, and some of the biggest disappointments in the first round. So I want to start this off. I want to ask Kyrie first. So, Kyrie, what was the biggest disappointment out of all the teams so far in the first round when it came to the, the losers, the ones who lost. You know, like we could talk about your team, the Knicks. I mean, Julius Randle was a no-show practically throughout most of the playoffs. Derrick Rose. Wow, thanks, Colin. Hey, man, I'm just <laughs> – Lodge, you know, Lodge a real one. Lodge going to keep it real, Lodge. I know Julius Randle, he definitely did not play to who he was supposed to be. But what was the biggest disappointment to you, though? So, I could go with the Knicks. I could go with the Lakers, but mm. I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the Portland Trailblazers that lost in six games to the Nuggets without Jamal Murray. Mm. Um, mostly because I feel really really bad for Dame because Dame did everything he was supposed to do in this playoff series. He elevated literally every like every stat like damn near possible, He's averaging thirty four four and ten on forty six percent shooting and forty five percent from the three. They had a fifty five point game. Team still couldn't get the W out. So I don't. I, I guess that that really attests to uh, Portland's lack of defense, mm. and just uh, just the simple fact that they're just not good enough as like currently constructed around Dame to to seriously compete for a championship. But I, I at least thought in this first round series, with like I said, with the Nuggets being shorthanded, I thought the Blazers would be able to uh, be able to get the first get past the first round this year. But they got knocked out for the second time in a row. So I th- that's the that's the biggest disappointment uh, to me so far. And, you know, before I swing into someone else, I want to touch on one key thing you said about Damian Lillard. You mentioned Damian Lillard. He did everything, carried that team on his back. I just want to – and you, any any of you guys could chime in on this too. Where do you see Damian Lillard's future with the Portland Trailblazers? Do you feel like he leaves or he – like what goes on? What's the next move that he can do to maximize that chance to win the championship? Because oh, he leaves. Oh, he leaves. That, so you don't think a coaching change – you don't think a coaching change is what is what he needs? It's just a new it's team. Not, he ain't moving out of foot. Not CJ a McCollum foot. has no. to go with anything before C- a coach. Okay, CJ McCollum does have to go. You know, I'm, I'm not really too high on CJ McCollum overall. I mean, he was he was putting up some nice stats a couple years back. He was efficient, but now it's just it's just not there. But Kyrie, what what do you, what do you think? You know, I, I think Damian Lillard stays in Portland because one, I think he's just fully committed to the organization in the city. So I don't. I honestly don't see him. See him going anywhere else. I I know he's going to be in a lot of trade talks this off season, just because he he expresses his expresses unhappiness with the with the state of the Blazers right now. So I'm I I, I believe he stays. I think he because he's going to have a lot of say in who the next head coach is. And he's going to. I'm pretty sure he's going to have a lot of say in free agency and what moves are made this upcoming season. So I think he stays. Whether it's the best decision or not for him, I can't say yet. I'm not. I'm not too sure about that. But I think I think he stays in Portland. That sounds fair. That sounds fair. So, Chris, you know, from the playoffs, you know, we had some great matchups. What was the biggest surprises and disappointments so far to you, whether it was an individual player, was it the team overall? Just just give me some of the points that you think, you know, was disappointing, what surprised you. I'm going to say what surprised uh, – so t- there was actually two players that surprised me, and I'll mm. talk about them in a second. I'll go with my disappointment first. Right. Um, I was – I was disappointed in the Knicks, but I also good Kyrie. I was disappointed in the Blazers too. But I'm going to say more so Knicks in the sense that I had them being the Hawks just because I felt like it was going to be a very physical series. But I felt like it was going to be a great grind to underdog teams that nobody believes will make the finals or even the conference finals at that. 
but I thought it was going to be a competitive series. And from the first two games, when we saw it, it looked like it was going to be a very competitive series. But then the Knicks just went cold from the field, and it just got out of hand very quickly. So I think I was disappointed in them and more so Julius Randle because I because I was one of the people, like, even though I, I understood why he won most approved, I felt like I'd already seen that Julius Randle with the Pelicans in this one year because he had um, someone in the same ballpark of stats. But just when, how I saw him this year, he didn't look like most improved. He kind of went back to his old self, the old Julius Randle that I didn't know that, but he was settling for a lot of shots. He wasn't being physical. He couldn't make anything attacking the basket. He just looked out of sync as a whole. And it sucks because they really relied a lot, and they put a lot of pressure. Well, I won't say pressure, but they put a lot of weight on Derrick Rose's shoulders. And Derrick Rose isn't that type of player anymore where he can carry a team like that. But he almost felt like he was trying to carry the team. R.J. Barrett showed that he still has a lot of improvement he needs to make because he didn't shoot well from the field. Mm. And I think altogether, I've been saying it all year, they missed Mitchell Robinson badly. Knows mm. the one nice and everything, and Taj Gibson's a, a veteran, but nobody could compete with Clint Capella like Mitchell Robinson. Mm. I, just, I was just really disappointed in them. But with that being said, my surprise is I was very surprised and impressed with Devin Booker and Trey Young just being their first, their first playoff action, and they – Stepped up to the plate like no other, and Trey Young and their Devin Booker are both still stepping up to the plate. So, I'm I mean, them. I mean, Chris, I want to touch on two things you said. First, I want to touch on so it kind of gets like you know some refreshing to you know some of the fans. So you said Julius Randle felt like the old Julius Randle. You felt like his stats that he gave you felt like it was nothing really new and improved. So who was your still your most improved pick? Who did you still have? You I still, I think based off of I would say his story and just his. Um, improving stats from last year. This year, I was gonna say Christian Wood. I understand mm-hmm. why he didn't get picked though, because if he was, he did miss a lot of games. But I felt like though that when I think the most improved, I'm thinking somebody who kind of broke out of their shell a little bit. And Christian Wood, to me, broke out of his shell. Not saying Julius Randle didn't improve, but like I said, I felt like I've already seen that Julius Randle before. Right. And then another thing you had touched on, you said. So, like, like I'm fully with you with Devin Booker and Trey Young. They were really two of the biggest surprises to me. But I would more say Trey Young because Devin Booker, I felt like he was ready for the moment, even though it was his first time. But you guys could chime in on this. Did any of you guys think Trey Young would have that good of a, you know, playoff belt and he's playing right now well against the Sixers? Like, did you guys see Trey Young playing this well? I, I saw him playing okay, good enough, but not – he's playing exceptionally well right now. Like, you guys could chime in on this. I'll go first. Go ahead, Mar. Um, well, with Trey Young being the best player on the court and understanding it's his first playoff action, but like I said, he's still the best player. He was the best player on the court during the series before the series even started. And then when they actually got on the court, he still was the best player. And I'm not gonna say I can't really say I'm surprised. I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm surprised at how he did it. I'm more surprised at just like how comfortable he was with doing it. Like he was coming in. He wasn't really struggling. He was getting his teammates involved. He had the same game play. He said, I'm going to get my teammates involved, and then I'm going to get mine. And he just looked easy, and he looked very comfortable with doing it. So, I mean, I'm surprised, but at the same time, I can't be surprised if you see what I'm saying. No, I see what you're saying. But, Mario, I want to still keep it on you. Since you talked about your surprises, what was the biggest disappointments, whether it was an individual player or a team overall in the playoffs, in the first round? Um, well, I, well, I would say one of the losers, but everybody that lost, maybe except the Lakers, I kind of saw it coming. Like, I even saw Portland losing, sad to say, because I knew Dame didn't have anybody to help him. For the playoff, before, like, they played the Nuggets, I already knew what CJ McCollum was going to do. He does it every year. So <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't surprised. Like, I can't be disappointed in a team I'm not surprised at. So... To be honest, I'm more disappointed. If, if I'm going to be honest, I'm disappointed in the Clippers for going seven games with the Mavericks. If, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I mean, because, Luka, like, that's wow. totally fair. But Luka, because, wow. like I said, I saw, I already saw, I saw the Blazers. I saw what the Blazers was going to happen to the Blazers. It happens all the time. The, the Lakers, they had an unfortunate injury. That was, you know I mean? They, they, they weren't going to get over their home with that one. The, the Celt- we handled, well, the Nets handled the Celtics. It's like, I can't really. I'm not surprised at any of the the outcomes, but the Clippers is definitely my biggest disappointment. They weren't supposed to go seven games. Even when the Mavericks went up 2 nothing, I said Mavericks and four to be funny. 
they actually won seven games. And I didn't, I just thought the Clippers were going to win it five to six. And it's sad because there was no Przingis who showed up. So it wasn't like you can say, oh, yeah, we were like fighting a whole team. I mean, you were fighting Tim Hardaway Jr. and Luka, and you got Kawhi and Paul George. So, I mean, you can you can go back to the whole pandemic P thing, but I still don't see it no different. I still don't see any any offensive difference between Tyron Lue and Doc Rivers. So I'm very disappointed in the Clippers. Wait, so Mark, before I sw- uh, before I swing it to you again, Kyrie, I want to give you a shout out. You predicted the Suns winning. Hey, I gotta give you that. So- oh, hey, I appreciate it, bro. I, I it, it was just it was really just what the the Lakers were showing me in the first two games that that kind of like to me is still their fate. Like I seen Anthony Davis wasn't hundred percent. Say again. No, go ahead, Kyrie. Go ahead. No, I was I was just saying I seen Anthony Davis wasn't a hundred percent, and I felt like he wasn't going to get get back to that in this series because he wasn't healthy all season long. He played like a career low, I believe, thirty six or thirty five games, and he he's just been hurt and hasn't been himself all season long. And I knew he was a key part to the Lakers if he, they wanted to win back to back titles, let alone win this first round series. And their their role players just didn't step up and. The one thing for me was the Lakers showed very bad body language and just like just a lack of competitiveness throughout the entire series that kind of made me give up give up on them. Because I don't know if you guys remember, I had them going back to back in, in, in our preseason predictions. Right. So like that was a team I paid attention to a lot this this season because I, I expected them to get back to that, but they they just didn't have it this year. No, definitely. And like I said, you definitely were spot on on there. I'm going to give you props for that. But, Mar, I'm going to swing it back to you. You said one key thing. You said the biggest disappointment was the Clippers taking it to the Mavs seven games. So what does that – so would that make you as a Clippers fan worried about them and their chances competing for the finals? Do you even think because they had to take it to seven games with the Mavs that you don't see them winning a, a championship? And you guys could chime in on this too. I mean, so what's your thoughts on that, Mar? I mean, the Clippers are just a team that you don't know what they're going to do that night. Like, you don't – you just know Kawhi can go for 30, but you don't know – you don't know who's running the offense. You don't know what plays they're being set. You don't know who's who's bringing up the ball. Like, you don't, you don't know the system. Like, you don't know what to expect when you see the Clippers. So, it's just – as if, like, if you were a Clippers fan, I would be scared. I would, I would have been scared during the Mavericks series, like, before it started. As it, like, if you really watch the Clippers, it's just like, well, what are they going to do tonight? They would, are they going to just give it to Paul George and Kawhi and let everybody stand around? And that's what I saw last year. And I'm seeing the same thing this year. I'm not seeing anything different for real. So moving forward, yeah, I'd be scared because they blew their lead against game one against the Jazz and they still lost that game. So, I mean, you got to just be scared until you see what, until you see a system. And so you see an offensive system in their game. And I still don't see it in between Doc Rivers and Tyron Lue. So they're still the same team to me. Okay. I mean, so basically, so anyone else here, you guys, you know, co-sign that, you know, that statement from Mark? Because I think he makes he made a lot of great points. I mean, Greg, you feel like, you know, is that the case? Um, just repeat repeat the, the point again? Well, the point is about basically there was no set off – set offense with the Clippers, like Mars said. It was basically the same offense. You just give it to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. It wasn't any offensive adjustments made. And, you know, they had to go seven games with the Mavs, who, like Mars said, they only had Luka Donis and Tim Hardaway. Porzingis was a no-show. So would you be worried for the Clippers moving forward? I mean, to be honest, I don't – I'm going to be, like – I'm. this is, like – if we're just being, like, real, like, bro, really the most of the Clippers' success – like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to be, like, objective here. Like, it's not even, uh, like, respectfully, like, Paul George has definitely, like, improved, like, has some good games and some okay games. But really, the entire offense, when push comes to shove and you need a bucket, really comes, goes through Kawhi. And if Kawhi, bro, Kawhi didn't, in all the four Clipper wins, Kawhi didn't miss in the fourth quarter. In all four wins, bro, do you know how hard, bro, son, like, bro, my man was dropping, like, what did he drop, like, 40, how much did he, I feel like one game, the game that uh he won Yeah, like, 48, 40, yeah. 46, something, no, yeah, yeah like, something like that, like, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying, like, I just, the Clippers just, oh, as a whole, 
team hasn't been consistent enough to win games. And so there's just been moments where Kawhi has literally just gone on streaks where he's just like, give me the basketball and I'll get y'all buckets and I'm not losing this game. And I just don't think that they just haven't played their best basketball and what they're capable of playing. You know what I'm saying? Like their, their best basketball was game seven. Like that's what a Clippers team looks like when everybody's contributing, but there's no other game in that series where it re- they really like showed they've really been able to show that. Like, um, and so really most of their wins, Kawhi's put up ridiculous numbers in their wins because except for the game seven win, because Kawhi has just like, you know what I'm saying? Like it was a, it was a team effort on that one. So I just think it's just complete consistent play. I don't even think it's give it to PG. Like objectively it just looks like give it to Kawhi and let us take it to the promised land. Unless our team, unless every, a few other people are making shots, which was a, the rare occasion in game seven. All right. No, that's completely fair. So that was some great points from Martin Greg. So Lodge, I want to swing it to you finally. What was the biggest takeaways you know, in the first round, whether it was individual or a team overall, and, you know, what was the biggest disappointments, uh, you know, co-signing, whether it was individual or overall as a team, you know, a.k.a. the losers? So uh, you guys pretty much kind of saturated the Knicks uh, take, but I did want to point out Julius Randle for, like, one important thing I noticed okay. or kind of already kind of expected, but that he can't be our number one option and probably not even our number two. Really? For real, for real. For us to win, like, for, for, for us to win a championship or even contend for one, he really can't be even, like, close to being, like, the number one option. Wow. I mean, I Kyrie, so you a Knicks fan, do you see that same viewpoint? I, I didn't expect this. Definitely. definitely. Not not a first option. Uh, maybe a second option. I, I feel like the third option is a little bit of a stretch. I think we can win and be successful with Julius Randle as our second player. But at the same time, I think it's a little – Lies, chill. Because, <laughs> listen, at the same time, it's still too early to say because we don't know what R.J. Barrett is going to become yet. You got to remember. Oh, you know, you know oh, we don't know what he's going to become yet. He was drafted third overall behind Zion and Ja. So the upside is there. The talent is there. So we... I don't know if we're in a position to wait and see if he's able to become maybe the uh, the second option if, if if or the third option if we if we were to go out and get another superstar, or just to be the be the second option to Julius and still like be able to get his playoff runs, and but at the same time, it it, it still like it still depends on like the guys that we put around them and if we get better depth wise this season. But I, I agree. Guess I think what? That, we're not good at that. All right. Um, all right, can I, all right. Can I answer wait. this? Can I answer this uh, question about wait, like wait, who's the biggest? Wait, hold on, said before we. All right, great. Hold on, but let me fin- let Lodge finish. You know, his biggest surprise and disappointments, and I swing it to you. Go ahead, Lodge. And uh, and basically that kind of just sucked me into the hole of the Knicks having to go out and find things for the team. And bro, we've been trash at that for like the past ten years. So it's just like I feel like we're about to kind of be to that edge of being to that line again. I'm just going back because we literally got one wrong moves and then it's over because the East is getting stronger and stronger as we speak. No, and, and that, and that I can agree with, because like you said, Lodge, we don't have a good free agency history. And um, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, what would have helped us out is if we would have went out seven and lost, that would have been cool. We would have went out fighting something promising. Nah, we got oh. scraped. And that's why all the reports about us. Son, like, yo, son, yo, no, yo, no disrespect, but Youngbo brought him in the, the chip and eight, the, the whole award name. He should have cried, dropped 50, and then cleaned him. Yeah. No, the man folded, bro. Like bad, though, like bad. Hey, you know, wait, hold on a second, Lodge. Wait, so Greg, so who do you feel like should be the number one option for the Knicks offensively wise? Who do you feel? Uh, the free the first uh, star free agent they get. No, I'm talking about like inside their offense. Who should be the number one option? No, I hear what you're saying. I'm yeah. saying the free agent. Uh, nah. Um, 
Honestly, I mean, at this point, I think it has to be by default Julius Randle. Um, I mean, Derrick Rose showed you something, but, like, I don't really think he can run an offense at this point. So, like, I'm going to stick with my original answer and say the, the, the free agent that they get. Um, in, terms of, in terms of my biggest disappointment, I'm going to go with the only team that got swept. Wait, is that true? The, the only team that got swept in the first round, and that was the Miami Heat. You can't be a defending champion and get swept oh, yeah. in the first round. Like, bro, come on. So, and not even get, bro. And not even bro, get. People I mean, have that as their. They're not a defending champ, though. They're not. Huh? They're, they're like, not I'm, not, sorry, I'm not defending are. Eastern it, Conference finals. You're the conference champion. And they you can't even. Either. Not even get it. Not a game. You that lose is, that on is. average. <laughs> not a but game. But they weren't supposed to be there. Yeah, they were. It really. Like they had a lot of injuries, man. Oh, you're not, but hold on, hold on. Here's my here's my thing. If you're gonna go out 4 0, that's fine. That's one thing. You go out 4 0 and your average margin of defeat is 15 per game. Come on, son. Well, and then and a lot but of the boy, Mark. Bro, but people the had the people had the heat upsetting the, the Bucks in the first round. Some people were predicting that this was gonna be a upset in the first round. Nah, and you can't get a game. Nah, yeah, but they weren't, but listen. You know how you said you can't go to the the chip. They weren't supposed to be to. They weren't supposed to be in that championship last year, though. Like they they weren't supposed to be there. I mean, I, just... un- I, under- I understand that, but in them not being able to be there, they beat the team that they're playing right now. And I understand Drew with Holiday. a bad call, with a bad call. That tweet tweet at the end on Giannis and Jimmy Butler hit those free throws. That gave him a game. So okay, that gave him a game. They also won three other ones. Yeah, but that gave them a game. You needed four to win. They gave exactly. Them that. They went up. That was like what the second. They won three game? other games. Hey man, listen. I'm listening, man. That game right there. That, that and I think they were down two. Uh, I think they were down. Uh, they were down something. I think that's that's the that's the game that they went down three one. Yes. Whoa. So so that that's a that's a crazy game right there. That that's a real defendable game. Then. No, no, I'm lying, I'm lying. no, I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. That's the game that they went down 2 0. Well, I mean, listen. They like, went down 2 0 in that game, and then they won. And then Giannis ended up like getting injured, I think, in like the fifth game or the sixth game. Whichever game that is. Then, well, then Chris, then Chris Middleton got him a game. Your boy, Chris Middleton. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> your boy. Yeah, we'll talk about him later. Uh, yeah, but listen, actually, I, I, hold on. Wait, I, I'm going to go with the Heat. I'm just going to say the Heat because I understand what they were not supposed to do last year, but it's one thing to regress. It's another thing to get you, to get your um, – I know this is PG-13 content, so your booty, like, <laughs> clapped by by over 15 don't a game. That. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just I just don't – I don't care. Like, bro, play with some pride. They look so sorry for most of that series. You had unknown t- – you had unknown names like Ben Forbes – Dropping threes on y'all like he was like, bro, come on. Son. I mean, like, he was. He, a, I mean, I mean, he was a nice. He was a nice contributor for the Spurs. You know, you can't he, help like, it. You can't help with somebody hitting though. Like you can't because everyone's supposed to step up. You know, the NBA players at the end of the day, whether it's the sixth man to the twelfth man, they are. Bro, you know, it's also like, hold on, it's also like the Bucks defense is good, yes, but Jimmy Butler should not be held to ten points in multiple times throughout this series, bro. Not the brother that was averaging like twenty five a game against his team last year. That, that's true. You're and that's what I, I wanted to bring like, that you know up. What I'm he put saying? up like, like fourteen on, a game that whole right. series. It's yeah, one thing to perfect. regress; it's another thing to like to right. literally show. Do you I feel like my phone, my phone, I mean bro, Jimmy bro. Butler is in like you know his like is he is he 33, 32? You know he's age. It don't matter, bro. It don't matter. It don't matter. The age, okay. It don't matter, bro. You're you you're right. Grassy, where you coming from? You're absolutely correct. All right. Okay. Well. We're gonna move on to the next topic. As I said before, currently the playoffs are playoffs are going on going on right now. It's round two. You got Philadelphia versus Atlanta in the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee versus Brooklyn, and then the Western Conference, you got Utah versus the Clippers and Denver versus Phoenix. So right now, as we speak, as it currently stands today at the time of this recording, Philadelphia and Atlanta, they're tied at one one. Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Brooklyn leads up by two. 
Utah and the Clippers. Utah won the last game yesterday. And Denver and Phoenix. Phoenix is up too. So I want each and every one of you guys to give your predictions on who will move on to the conference. Who do you guys have? And we'll start with the Eastern Conference first. I want to start with Mar first. Who do you have in the Eastern Conference between Philadelphia and Atlanta? Philly. Philly. How many games? Five. It's five games. Okay, five games. Uh, Lodge, Philly and Atlanta, how many games? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> don't say nothing crazy. <laughs> oh, man. You want you to one right now? Wait, wait, wait. wait. It's, 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 uh, it's one right now? It's tied right now as we speak. <clears throat> one one. Don't be bold. Be bold. Just be bold. Be yourself. It's about to go to ATL, right? Uh, next yeah, for the next two games. Yeah. Yep. And then what's it called? His MCL is partially tore, right? Yeah, yeah, I, nah, got, I got. Uh, I got. I got. No. It's, it's no, a meniscus. It's hold, a meniscus. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. Wait. wait Lodge. Still running on. It's more than that. Anyway. All right. Go ahead. Lodge. I got ATL and seven. Oh. Whoa. All right. Okay. All right. We got Atlanta. Okay. Kyrie. Hey, he is murder. She wrote what? <laughs> You're well, solid okay. in the hill in the starting Where's, lineup. Go, go ahead, Kyrie. Go ahead, Kyrie. Hey, so listen, I'm I'm glad he brought up Joel and B because that's very important. That's no, what I'm say. Important, We're not gonna underestimate that. But that's, that's what I'm saying. If Joel and B is healthy, the Sixers are gonna win at six. Mm. If he's not, I feel like if he's put in the same situation, if he's in the same situation as AD was in the first round, I got I got the Hawks at seven. Mm. Mm. So this all hangs on Joel's health, which is completely understandable. Chris, it, it does. Yep. I mean, he had he's had this toy, he's had this small meniscus since the series started, and he's only gone thirty nine and forty in the first two games. But I understand what y'all saying. Wait, hold on, Greg. So Chris, right, it was, it's not like we was we was like. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. But you're saying like, oh, if he regresses to AD, but like AD wasn't able to play, so. Like I, I get I get what you're saying, but like at least for right now, if to the Bro, first let me ask games, you a question. Let me ask you a question. Go ahead. When has your man played a full playoff? <laughs> Wait. Why are you expecting him to now? Please tell me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Being being wow. a real fan though, from from the heart though, for real. Your man has never played a he never Just played let a full Let him know. Hey, Kyrie, this is definitely karma. It's definitely karma. Yes, he has. The very I, first. I, no, he playoff. hasn't, Greg. No, he hasn't, Greg. The whole playoffs. He, he didn't play in the first. He the first playoff series. Oh, excuse me. Wait, Lodge. You meant to say a playoff series. When is Joel no, played? No, throughout the whole playoffs, he's never played throughout the whole entire playoffs. Yes, he mm-hmm. has. The, the, no, he no, has not, bro. He's been he's to missed, three. Bro. He's been to three in his very first one. When did he miss a game? He played no. the Heat in the first round. Oh, then he played I'm, the Celtics. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't. He played the Celtics, and then he said his tummy hurt. No, no, that was against that no. was the second. That was with Jimmy Butler. The second year, they went. They lost today. He his tummy hurt a game against the the Raptors. That was yeah, yeah. Wait, hold on, wait, guys, guys, wait. I want to give Chris a chance to make the. Yo, Chris. So how? So Philly and Atlanta. Who do you have winning? How many games? Um. I'm going with sixes and seven because I thought like they're gonna still win Atlanta and they're gonna be have the home court back. But like what they said, and I got something to say about Joel for down the line. If yeah, Joel gets hurt, y'all done. If, if he can't play any, y'all y'all done. But wait, or right, go ahead. No, if, if Joel B can't play, y'all done. But what I'll say, have this is gonna hurt y'all down the line. Them playing right now, this is gonna wait, hurt y'all down the line. Wait, hold on no, a second. Wait. I'm gonna wait. Hold on, wait. Chris. I'm gonna swing it right back to you. But Greg, Philly and Atlanta, give me a prediction. How many games? You said what? Philly and Atlanta. How many games? Who do you oh have? Oh my more? gosh! It's it's uh it's Philly in six games. They're gonna Philly take six games. They, yeah, okay. they're gonna take uh they're gonna take one game in Atlanta. They're gonna finish it off in Atlanta. Okay, all right. In front so of Quavo. In front of. <laughs> Wait, okay, Chris. So what was it that you wanted to add about Joel? Him playing right now is gonna hurt y'all down the line and your hopes of contending. Mm. Okay. Listen, man, just for the heavy as he is, playing on a tormeniscus, he open. Mm, I mean, a tormeniscus yeah, ain't nothing. Yeah, he's definitely like, hooping. Hey, hold on, hold on. It's slightly torn. It's not fully torn. It's not fully torn, though. It's slightly torn. Mar, 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 please. Wait, guys, hold on. Please, please, please. I done tore my whole joint up, bro. I know. 
Bro, he's listen. still playing on it. It's going to continue to tear, bro. What you mean? Oh, you man. mean to tell me a man at that size, his meniscus is torn. They're going to freeze it while he's playing? No. Yeah, yeah. It's going to continue to tear. Oh, so you yeah. see every game. He's on the ground. His knee is buckling. It, you, he can't help it, bro. Oh man, it's, bro, it, I'm sorry. That, that, that's just facts, bro. That's just real facts. We yeah, lost. So what you so what you saying is we bro. lost any chance of competing for the finals this year, huh? Just because Joel's down, which no, makes sense. It, it's just, bro. You just better hope, bro. He just literally like, yo, his adrenaline better be rushing every game, bro. I'm mm. telling you right now. Mm. You can't no, tell me his, the way he plays, bro. He's just bound to do something to himself. I agree with everything y'all like. All right. I agree with everything y'all saying, and I'm going to refer back to what Chris, when Chris said him playing right now is going to hurt y'all down a lot. I don't think it's going to hurt him like right now, but I think it might hurt him next round. I think it might hurt him next year. I don't think it's going to happen throughout this seven game series. It may happen when they play the Nets, but I don't, I think it messes up the Sixers future. But as of right now, I mean, I don't think it's going to hurt them as much. Even, even if they do, I still think they could beat Atlanta without Joel and B since Solomon Hill's in the starting lineup. No, there's, there's no Drake. There's no I, I agree. I just think, yeah, because... And plus... Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, you got it, like, you got it. And plus, with there being no Dre, and then you can easily put Ben Simmons on Trey Young, and when they do that, I don't... Like, the Hawks don't have an answer for that. So it, and, they, and they did that in the second game after they put Danny Green on them in the first game. And, That's what I'm saying. And also, game, the difference. and also, DeAndre Hunter, they just have reports that he'll be out for the rest of the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. So, and okay. and with, with Ben on Trey Young, I didn't see it. They didn't have an answer for that. Like, he was struggling. He was barely getting passes off. He The screens weren't working. Like, he really couldn't. He's going to get his, but he can't do what he has to do for the team to win. So, I, I still think they can beat Atlanta, but they're not going to beat the Nets without him, even if they do lose him. But go, yeah, go ahead, Greg. All right, all right, hold on. Wait, all right, go ahead, Greg, and then we got to move on to the next round. I mean, the, I mean, this is the no. next. I just think, you know, I don't think they, they really need Joel Embiid's defense a lot in this because they're not really protecting the the paint as much. Because I mean, Clint Capella, yeah, but like, and John Collins, but like, I think obviously, I think the Sixers aren't going to, the, the Hawks aren't going to be the Sixers with just throwing lobs to uh, John Collins and Clint Capella. It's really their edges from their perimeter play. And it's not like Joel is, is going to be on the perimeter garden, like from the perimeter, like a lot. So it really, the perimeter, his defense uh, in the paint is really going to, is what's really going to be missed in the series if they advance against the Nets. Because it's not like Kevin Durant not going to attack the paint. It's not like that team's not going to attack the paint. And with his meniscus tear, that's where I, I would get scared because, like, he's just liable to just, like, you know, come off the ground awkwardly trying to make a play on Kevin Durant and go from there. So that's why I, I would be concerned. All right, then. Okay. This is some, some great points. But we're going to move on to the next matchup. As, as I said before, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Brooklyn leads 2-0. Uh, are you guys feeling a sweep? I feel otherwise. Bring, I feel- them, up, bring them out. Bring the broom. No, nope, nope. All right, hold so- on. We're gonna go one by one. Mari, you said a sweep. Definitely. That, that's what you're sticking with. That's what you're rock and rolling with. Duh. Or you say duh. Right. Don't be surprised when Bucks full of win. Lodge. What about you? Go ahead. Yo. <laughs> Lodge. I ain't going to hold. Talk to me. I, I think this is the prime example of playing to the level of your comp, bro. So, I- <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be a sweep, dog. Like, oh, man. Nah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is. I think Katie got a problem with Giannis, but he with any and everything, bro, when it comes to him, dog. And <sighs> Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with a sweep, bro. Sweep? Okay, Chris, talk to me. You think it's a sweep, too? Bro, bro get the brooms. Get the bro. Whoa. Bro, a 50 last game. I don't trust the Bucks anymore. <laughs> Kyrie. Oh man, I'm oh, a, uh, man. I gotta go with Brooklyn. I gotta go with Brooklyn at five. Unfortunately. Ah yes, yes. Now we talking. Now we talking. You got and it right. I, right. I feel like I feel like the, the Bucks only saving grace is the simple fact that James Harden is out with a handy. But like the like their their other guys have been stepping up. Like I gotta give credit where it's due. Like Blake Griffin, even though he's not putting up great numbers, he's really stepping up. Mike James is stepping up. Joe Harris, like. It, it's, too, it's too much, bro. It's too much. 
Okay. Okay. Greg, what do you feel as a sweep? No. I think I think it's a gentleman sweep. It's going on five games. All right, Kyrie, it's just you and me. We're going to hold it down. We're going to stick to our beliefs, and we're going to pull I just it. said this isn't going to happen in five games. Oh, you said false. My bad, Craig. I thought you said it's gentleman's sweep. That's what you said, so I missed that part. Okay. Three that is a gentleman's sweep. Yeah, hey, gentleman's sweep is five games. Okay. I thought sweep was four, but it's a competitive. Yeah, that's what I thought, so I missed the misconception. Okay, all right. As long uh, as you're going to get one Listen, Greg, as long as, so it's three against three. It's three against three. I feel like our side got it. The Bucks are going to get a, get a W. It's guaranteed. I mean, I had, I had them getting a W, too. I think they're going to get one to, uh, in one of their home games. I, I absolutely think but, so. That'd be the best shot, in my opinion. But uh, we're going to move on to the Western Conference. Utah versus the Clippers. Utah right now has one game up. Who do you guys have winning and how many games? Chris, I want to start with you. Who do you think wins in that matchup? How many games? I got Jazz and five. Jazz and five. Okay. Not, you don't think it's a tough series? Yeah. <laughs> you don't think it's a tough series? All right. Okay. It's not a tough series. All right. So, so I'm just going to say this. I'm going to leave it at this. All right. What was the last – Last time we saw Paul George against Don Mission to play us, what happened? Oh, wait. Yeah, treachery. <laughs> massacre. <laughs> it was a massacre. Right. ESPN has been running a stat for the past two days where they go, they said, Paul George, this is his 10th game of shooting less than 25% from the field. That wow. is the third most in the shot clock era. They Playoff. said that stat like, like six times since that since that game one performance playoff p man i'm gonna just leave that there i'm gonna okay. leave it there okay mar <laughs> clippers or utah jazz how many games do you have who do you have winning clippers and i mean i have the jazz winning but i what i to go, be bold here be bold this i i want the jazz to win but i got clippers in six. Oh, clippers in six all right all right all right kyrie what are we talking um, I'm gonna go with Jazz in seven, just because I think the I think the Clippers are showing us a little bit what they showed us in the first round. Like they're they're playing around right now, and this is the worst time to do it because Mike Conley's not even playing yet, and we've seen how potent more potent their offense is when Mike Conley's in. Absolutely, so he put up twenty and ten in the first round. So, I think I think the the Clippers are playing with fire, but I think eventually Kawhi's going to get into that mode where, like Greg mentioned, he's just going to take over. And he's just going to will his team to win, whether Paul George is helping or not, and or whether he's getting production from guys like Marcus Morris or or Zubac or Pat Bev. He's, he's or he's just going to do his thing and will them to some wins. So I I still think the Jazz are going to do it. I think the Jazz are going to win this, the round, but I think they're going to uh, the Clippers are going to make a late push like they did in the first round. Okay, that's pretty fair. That's pretty fair. Lodge, uh, I didn't get to you yet, did I? So no. Utah and the Clippers, who do you have winning? How many games? Be bold. Be I think honest. this is probably like the only series that'll go seven in the second round. Oh no! I other like, in, in the, I feel like you no. go seven yeah. too, in my opinion. I feel like we go seven. I don't know. I'm gonna take the Clippers. I I, I, I don't respect the Kawhi because he's wilding. I don't know. Man, I, I okay. Donovan Mitchell wilding too. <laughs> I know, I know, but he got forty five, man. He, he, I know, but he going ham. Listen, the Jazz to find a way to not do what they're supposed to do. So don't get that. Like they've Listen, they've been on that for the past like. Few I years. mean, to be honest, these are this is a matchup of two teams who last year had a three-one lead and lost it. So anything's going <laughs> but, on. But but with all credit due to the Jazz, have we seen that type of inconsistency from them at any point this season? Even when Donovan Mitchell was out. I mean, I mean that's true. I mean that's that is like, true. Like, like in all, like in all, like they they led the league and I believe in three point percentage, and they they had the number one ranked defense in the league. That's true, I but I'm, but I'm but I'm saying is you need to get more production from other people, and I'm not saying that they won't be able to get to. But my concern is it turns into the Donovan Mitchell show, and they're not getting a lot of production. Now, what they did have last year was Bogdanovich. And Bogdanovich right. is a bucket. So I think he'll be able to make up for some of the differences from, from the difference that, the, like, that was part of the reason why they didn't advance further or they couldn't keep up scoring. But I do get concerned that 
the Clipper, like if I'm looking at it from the standpoint of could they come up with a, a, a scenario where they're throwing multiple bodies at uh, Donovan Mitchell and not necessarily completely stop him, but slow him down? I like that answer of yes compared to what, like, like honestly, bro, they just, I was the, bro, the analysts were saying that this is going to be Royce O'Neal series and Royce O'Neal is going to have to guard Kawhi Leonard and his, the, his ability to guard Kawhi Leonard and like put up a couple of points would be the difference in the series. And I'm like, if that's mm-hmm. what who the Jazz are going to be relying on, like to, to, it's to case. stop Kawhi. <laughs> it's to case. Stop Kawhi. <laughs> Listen, listen, I, I understand that, but I feel like it's, it's never just Royce O'Neal guarding Kawhi or guarding Paul George throughout the game. The Jazz throw multiple looks at everybody. And I they feel you, but that, that doesn't make me feel better. That makes me feel worse because who's going to guard him? Bogdanovich? Uh, I mean, Joe Joe Ingles, I'm not saying he's going to stop him, but Joe Ingles is, is, is a Joe Ingles? Y'all not listening. Y'all taking what I'm saying out of context. I, I just said he's not. I'm not saying he's going to stop him. I'm saying he's uh, a pretty good defender, though, and they play good team defense. And he's a no, big no, part no. of it. The no, point is to wear to wear him down. And no one yeah. expects him to shut him down. So, of course, when your player gets tired, you know. And, but this is what I also want to ask y'all, because – Mike, like, like, like I mentioned before, Mike Conley's out with the hamstring right now. So, do you, do you guys see the Jazz winning the series without him if he doesn't play, and they kind of want to like preserve him for the next round? Nope. And, like, do you think they're able to do that? Man, uh, they, they, they can't stunt like that. They can't stunt like that. <laughs> they can't stunt like that. I mean, honestly, I mean, they got they got the first two games right. They no, they they right now they only have one game. Donovan dropped forty five. Uh, second game tonight. They play tonight. Yeah, they play tonight. Yeah, 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 my fault, my fault. They got the so one. Honestly game. speaking, yeah. after I see game two, then I can make an accurate. You know, right now I'm really undecided on that. I'm really unsure. I'm nah, really unsure. I listen. I just, I just, um, I don't think, first, pers- like personally, like honestly, like the the other person outside of Royce O'Neal that I think is critical to this series that I don't have faith in, and y'all know I don't have faith in him, Ooh. is Rudy Gobert, bro. I'm going to keep it a stack. Well, I mean, his that's, defense, his defense. Like, I'm like, his bro, is bro, bro shouldn't stop have won it. it. Bro, he shouldn't stop, have won stop, it. stop saying that. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. I'm not going to lie Oh, yeah, you know, he shouldn't have won defensive player of the year, but, you bro, know. He shouldn't like, have won what deep, Bro, the man, I'm not going to lie to you. He, the he Clippers could have tied that game. The Clippers could have tied that game because uh, Rudy Gobert jumped up in the air and – uh. Or Marcus Morris could have easily jumped into him, like when he jumped up in, in that final shot. He pumped fake, and Rudy Gobert jumped up in the air. And I don't know why Morris didn't do it, but he just waited till Rudy Gobert got came down to then make another movement. I was like, "Yo, bro, you're tripping! Like, go into him. It's like you could tie the game." So I just don't like Kawhi Leonard feeds off of his ability to attack the rim in the beginning of the games, and so if Rudy Gobert can like literally guard the the paint, they the then the Jazz have a good chance in this series. But me personally, I just don't believe in Rudy Gobert. I don't believe that. Wait, Rudy they Hold still on. don't have a chance, <laughs> huh? They still don't have a chance because he has a he has a he has a crazy mid range game. Wait, 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 that's what, that's what wait, Greg. So basically, you're the last one we didn't get to. I want to move on to the next round. So who do you have between the Clippers and the Jazz? And how many games do you have? You made it. I'm gonna go. I'm going to go um, because it seems like I'm going to go uh, Clippers in seven. Clippers I, and I re- and, but I really, I really want the Jazz to win because I just want to see – I just want to see a, a summer of fun where Kawhi is, like, debating whether he should stay or go. Like, I think that should – I think that would be, like, awesome. But okay. I think that – but per- that's what I want personally. But respectfully, like, I think Kawhi Leonard can get – four games against the, the the Jazz, in my personal opinion. And because I feel like Kawhi personally can do that, then I feel like they have a good chance of it happening. All right, that's pretty fair. That's pretty fair. All right, so we're going to move on to the next round, the final round. You got the Denver Nuggets versus the Phoenix Suns. As we speak today, currently, Phoenix leads them by two. And I just want to start this up before I swing into one of you guys. As much as I want the Sixers to do something, I personally – want to see Chris Paul win a championship. This guy's been through so much. 
every time he came close, he had an injury that blocked him. Like, I really want to see CP3 win a championship so bad. Like, I want to see him go to the finals. I feel like this team, the way the Suns have been playing from the first round to the first two games, their offense is potent, their defenses. Like, I, I think they could really make that run. So I'm going a, I'm to a swing it to Kyrie so you could give me your thoughts. Who do you have won in this round and how many games? So uh, I agree with everything you said, Colin. Chris Paul has been very pivotal for them in this uh, in this playoff so far, even, through, even working through a shoulder injury. So I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Suns advancing again, and uh, I'm gonna say six games. Because I don't feel like the, I don't feel like the Denver Nuggets will get swept. I just don't believe that. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I'm give, no. I'm gonna say five games. Five. You went from six. I'm gonna to say five, five games. All right, six to five. Okay. I mean, Mark. Denver Nuggets to the Suns. The Suns are up to a O. Who do you have winning? How many games? You gotta bring them out, bro. Whoa, you calling two sweeps, man? <laughs> it is back to back, bro, man. Back to bro, back, bro. They don't need that, bro. This, bro. When you don't need Devin Booker to average twenty five in the series, come on, that's a sweep, bro. That's a sweep. Like, you, you definitely got shout out their role players. They've been holding it down. They like, bro, first game, the starter scored 99, bro. Hey, man. Chris. Like, <laughs> hold on. Like, Wait, Chris. Mar, uh, so, Mar, he's calling it a sweep. That's what he's feeling strongly about. Are you feeling the same sentiments, too? Uh, nah. Nah. Uh, this never going to push it to five or six, but it, it's over, though. They ain't won. That, I, I learned from last game that you <laughs> Jamal Murray against a team like the Suns. Man, I feel like the Suns. My, my, my boy, the best in the league, got the MVP. He need his he need his Robin to beat this team. <laughs> best center. Oh, Greg has something to say with that. We gonna before we get into that, Greg. I want to swing it to Lodge first. Lodge, Suns, Nuggets, Suns up two, a sweep, or you think it goes to six, seven games? I gotta I gotta agree with Chris. It's either going five or six, mm-hmm. and honestly. Yo, he might have been able to push it to six or seven if, if uh, MPJ ain't get hurt. Mm. But he looks horrible out there right now. I think his back is bothering him. So, and apparently he had a brace on before that game, the last game. Yeah, so, and, I, and I honestly, I, honestly, this may get – Mike Malone may just hold – sit him out, bro, because you, you can't play with him, you Because know? if he gets hurt, he's out for the whole season, the, the next season. Like he, so you yeah, normally just let him that, go now. So I think that was the same injury that took him out of college a whole year. So yeah, he's known yeah. for his back. So he needs to let, watch that. Like, like, uh, bro, that's that, that's stressing me out because if he messes Michael Porter up, so it's like pretty much the same thing that happened with Brandon Roy, bro. Like, mm. Nah, I don't want that to happen. I want him to be great. So yeah, that right, absolutely, Greg. You had you was gonna say something about the Jokic comment, but I want you to. I, I, I didn't. I'm wait, just. Wait. I was just, I'm just over it. Like I, you over it? Let's say he's yeah. still, he's still MVP. I think, I think the Sixers have been robbed. I'm gonna keep it a stack. How but robbed of what? For defensive player of the year and MVP, personally, respectfully, but it's cool. Um, bro, I don't know why you feel like you got robbed for MVP. <laughs> you can't win MVP if you don't play. It's hilarious. <laughs> can't stand y'all. Um. What was the uh, I'm not going to lie. Suns and Nuggets. Suns up 2-0. and oh. Who do you have winning? How many games? Whoever whoever said get the Bruins out, I'm not going to lie. Is this Oh, you co-signing Marsh? I expect yeah. that one. Bro, get the <laughs> Bruins out. I'm not going to lie to you. The brother, bro, the brother, uh, Michael Porter Jr., bro, got a back injury. Like, bro, that brother was just <laughs> shooting up anything yesterday. I'm like, bro, sit down. Like, Wait, oh. okay, hold on. All right, listen. So, so we got two more topics. They're not really long as uh as what we're doing right now. But that's our that was our second round predictions. So we're gonna touch on one last NBA topic before we move on to a college basketball topic. So recently, Jokic won MVP. We have our six man. We have a six man of the year in Jordan Clarkson, a defensive player of the year, and Rudy Goldberg, a coach of the year, was Tom Thibodeau. So now we're just waiting on the rookie of the year. And I want to get you guys' predictions right now. Who do you feel should win rookie of the year? Between right now, it's a two-man race between LaMelo and Anthony Edwards. So 
I want to start off with Lodge first. So Lodge, who do you think should win the rookie of the year? Who do you, who you believe is more deserving of it? LaMelo or Anthony Edwards? Uh, um, I don't mind, like, probably my preseason prediction. I'm going to just still rock with LaMelo, even though he got hurt. Right. But I do, I, I, I am going to say, though, I really, I really won't be, won't be, like, unsatisfied if Anthony Edwards wins it. Because I, I think he kind of. Because he went bananas. Like. He did, but, like, I, in, a, in a way, I think that helps him kind of shake off that, oh, he wasn't, he shouldn't have been a number one, like, type player. For, for. Oh, definitely, it definitely shook that off. I felt like you, yeah. So, I was either way, I'm pretty happy, but I, I'm kind of rooting more for LaMelo Ball again. Okay, Kyrie, who are you? Who are you feel is more deserving of the Rookie of the Year award? Um, I actually got I'm kind of got like the same feeling towards it towards Lodge, but actually, but I I feel like Anthony Edwards is going to run get away with it because Lamelo Ball uh missed that big chunk of the season towards the end. Mm. But for real, for real, I doubt they're going to do it. I doubt they'll ever do this again. But they should do what they did with with Jason Kidd at Grant Hill and, and give it to Cole, them both. Cole, 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 I was thinking of that yeah. too. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. it might it might just happen. I feel like it might just happen. They 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 gotta figure out a way to, to make that happen for real. Cause I don't I don't feel right going against either one. They both had like very, both very good rookie seasons. But I would say the one big factor, if we're gonna be honest, is Lamelo impacted his team and they were getting W's. Anthony right. Edwards, that's, that's like the only reason why I kind of give him that. Yeah, and the Edwards was putting up twenty four five. Like his team was losing, so it was just like, well, you put in the stands, but like, what are you doing? You're not. Gonna Can t- I just say something? Go ahead, Greg. So we don't penalize LaMelo enough for missing time to give him his award. Oh, man. But we all agree if Joel was Chris, playing. Get him, Chris. He still wasn't better than Jokic. He still wasn't better than Jokic. Thank you. Get him, Chris. He still wasn't better than Jokic, bro. Like, what? Give okay. that up. We have to play. No, hold on, hold on. Hold on. If Joel played, hold on. So you're, you're saying if Joel played, riddle me this. If Joel played all 72 games. It ain't a riddle, bro. It's just simple. If Joel played all 72 <laughs> games, he still wouldn't have been better than Jokic for MVP? Bro, first of all, I mean, I, I mean, it, 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 Joel, my question. Yo, Colin, don't say nothing. Don't say, nobody say nothing. <laughs> Hold up. Repeat I, what you just told me. No, no, no. <laughs> Greg, please be. You said. Because you said. If, you said. It you is, just you said. said if Joel and B. Wait, Greg. Hold on, Greg. Hold on. Go ahead. You just asked me. What if Joel Embiid played 72 games in a 72-game season? Was that 100% of the games? Yes. Why would you even ask me that question? Joel would win it. Because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make an argument real quick. I just needed to know That's the answer. A, he still wasn't winning it. Oh, I think I think wow. Joel would okay. win it. He played all. Okay. Back to my point. No, okay. Me, me, me asking you to repeat yourself. Wait, hold on. Wait, 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 hold on a second. Wait. Never doing that. Wait, guys, guys, we're getting off topic. We was on a rookie of the year prediction. Chris, I didn't get to you. We're going to finish the debate later. Chris, who do you have winning rookie of the year between LaMelo and Andy Edwards? Who do you feel is more deserving of it? Or do you feel like it should be a co-rookie of the year? I wouldn't mind it being co-rookie of the year, but if I had to choose, I'm going with Anthony Edwards because – Andy Edwards? Yeah, because they already made with Jokic. You got to play to get the award. If you don't play, you don't. why would you get a reward? Ah, okay, fair argument, fair I argument. Which award should have been the most improved? Fair argument. No, it's fair argument. Mar, who do you think should win the rookie of the year between LaMelo and Anthony Edwards? Or should you feel like it should be a cold rookie of the year? Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards. Okay. Okay. The same, the, so, the same reason as Chris pointed out. If you play, availability is a great ability. Yeah, and he might have had dunk of the year. So that joint. Uh, yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That athleticism definitely D Wade like athleticism. We definitely got top tier elite athleticism. Greg, I, I know you was about to get into hold the bait, man. So let's let me hear your point. I just, I'm, nah, I'm just, I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say, love. I think it's Lamelo. It should be Lamelo. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So that ends all of our NBA topics and discussions. So we're gonna move on to one last topic for the day, and it's I know a lot of you guys around the college basketball world heard Coach K has announced his retirement. The 2021 to 2022 college basketball season will be his last, and he has a successor that will become his name is John Shoyer. He was on the 2010 NCAA double champions. He won it with Nolan Smith, uh, Quinn Cook, I believe, and a couple a couple of other players. So, how do you guys feel about Coach K retiring? And how does it impact college basketball as a whole? 
regarding his competitors like Kentucky, UNC, et cetera. So I'm going to swing it to Kyrie first. Kyrie, what's your thoughts on that, Coach K retiring? So this is this is what I look at first when I hear about the news of Coach K retiring. Um, whether or not Duke is going to have that same clout, I guess, or that same attention when it comes to recruiting and, and when it comes to, to getting big-name players. Because they have the they have the best recruiting class in the ACC right now, and the number four, the number four recruiting class overall highlighted with uh, Apollo Benchero and AJ Griffin, right? And um, two other guys, Trevor Kills and Jalen Blake. So they have a good they have a good squad coming in for uh, Coach K's last season. But my main concern is whether or not they're going to be able to keep this that trend of getting getting five stars and getting generational talent into their program. So mm-hmm. because he's not there anymore, and and nobody knows what's what's like going to be the deal with John Shire. We don't know if he's going to run the same system, have to play the same way coach K does. I have to run his program the same way. So I think that's one of the, the biggest things that I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, whether they're able to keep their recruiting class afloat. Uh, afloat. Okay. That's, that's a great analysis on your part. I mean, I definitely, I feel like Duke basketball has such a brand, but coach K so, so like, I just feel like Duke isn't Duke without coach K. But I feel like its brand itself is strong enough to where it could still get its recruits. I think it might still get the top tier recruits, in my opinion. But I feel like without Coach K, they gotta do a lot more persuading, and, you know, a lot more, you know, effort when it comes to their recruitment because most times it's really because of Coach K and who he's coached. You know, he's coached, you know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, LeBron, some of the all-time greats and Hall of Famers. So. That was his greatest pitch and advantage to recruits. Hey, I coached these guys who are Hall of Famers, you know, and I was able to get them to be cohesive and we won a gold, a gold medal. I mean, so what, you know, I could do that with those guys. Why can't I do it with you guys? So I just right. feel like when you lose that pitch, how far can you get the recruits? But Chris, I mean, what's your thoughts on Coach K overall, you know, and how he impacts college basketball, you know, with his retirement? What do you see changes? I mean, he's a legend, and as a game, he's gonna go down as one of the best to ever do it. Um, Duke as a school, they're gonna drop off. I don't know how far Ooh. they're gonna drop off because, again, they were getting a lot of those high class recruits and stuff every year because of Coach K, and he's been there for so long that he that he was able to make his recruitment pitch. How I coached these guys, and look where I took them. Look at to where they went, how they exceeded the next level. So when you take a big name like Coach K away. Yeah, your, your, crew, your recruitment is going to drop off some. And I'll give you a perfect example of that just from here in Philadelphia. Okay. So, as at, um, for Colin, you know, high school, I'm a Catholic high school. Yes, there sir. Was, there was a kid out there, Hakeem Hart, that declared mm-hmm. to go, that verbally committed and was about to sign to go to St. Joe's University, right in, West Philadelphia, right in West Philadelphia. Right. We all know the Philly great Phil Martelli. He got fired, he, he was no longer the head coach, and all the, and all the recruits, including Hakeem, Decided not to go to St. Joe's anymore. So what makes you think that's not gonna happen with Duke now? Wait, who? Wait, who? You said who? You said including who? Hakeem Hart. Oh wow. Okay. That's absolutely true. And Coach K. He was gonna go to St. Joe's. He committed to St. Joe's. Jim Martelli was no longer head coach. He left St. Joe's. Hmm. No, that's true. And Coach K is just that impact. Coach K is a much bigger name than Phil Martelli. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I hear what you say too, Chris. And I also. I want to put. I heard too that John Shader, like the coach that's, that's filling in for him, was actually like pretty big when it came to recruiting guys like Jason Tatum and Marvin Bagley. But like right. you said, I think the main, I think the main thing that's like that he that he has to offer was the fact that Coach K is going to be their head coach. So I don't know if he's. I don't know since my, like he's not going to be there anymore. Is he going to be able to have that same pull when it comes to recruiting players or whatever? Like, could he sell himself as being a coach and as like the new leader of the Blue Devils? Well, I feel like the expectations for him as a coach won't be, you know, well, it's going to be high because, you know, you're, you're the coach of Duke, one of the most notable brands ever. So I feel like, but the pressure on him, so he's got to, of course, put the efforts on the court, you know. You got to put the efforts on the court. I feel like that'll take him at least a year or two to finally get that. That depends on he gets the top-notch recruits. But, you know, I mean, Lodge, what's your thoughts on, you know, Coach K retiring, you know, how he impacted college basketball and how he will impact the after retiring. Uh, I think not even just not even Duke itself, but for college basketball alone, it kind of hurts it for uh, future exposure or just future 
recruits coming. All right, that's pretty fair. And Greg, Coach K, Coach K is gone. I mean, what's next for Duke? The impact of it, how does it impact his recruitment? How do you look at it the next two or three seasons? Um, I think uh, I think Duke will still continue to attract talent. I think the first year of this coach is, is critical for him to, like, build that rapport. But uh, I also think, you know, Duke also has, like, a proud history. Just, like, for instance, like, when uh, – what's the – I forget the name. I think it's Dean Smith. Dean Smith was the head coach of um of UNC. UNC and then Dean Smith retired and before they gave it to Roy um Roy Williams there was an interim head coach there was a well there was another dude that came in I can't remember his name off the top of my head and he wasn't really that successful there and they kind of went through like a down period so I'm hoping that this before they decided to get rid of him and then and then Dean's I think uh, and then they attracted Roy Williams who had already proven himself to be a success at Kansas uh, and like UNC was like his like uh like was the I think he, his alma mater where he like um, coached uh uh Michael Jordan so I say all that to say I'm really hoping that this head coach that that takes over now especially as a black man, isn't the filler before they find their actual coach. And I think that based off his track record and like, uh, I forget who mentioned it, like him, him being able to recruit talent. I know, I know that he can recruit talent, but it's also like, what is he able to do with the talent that he's able to have? And so especially since he has a good recruiting class, like if they don't make the tournament, say for instance, like that would be like a disappointment. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Well, this isn't even his last year. I mean, well, it's really next year, I mean. Not this year, but next year. Yeah. So, all right. That was a great analysis on point from you, Greg. I was I got two – actually, two more examples. I'm just oh. saying one more. Go ahead, Greg. Oh, that's Chris. I mean, Chris. Apologize. Sorry. But just what, like, what Greg said, he made a great, a great point about how after Dean Smith left North Carolina, had a little period where they were – where they fell off until another great coach came into the race. Look at George. Look at Georgetown. Some of the big, big names that come out there: Alan Iverson, Iverson Alonzo Mourning, Patrick Ewing, all coached by John Thompson. When he left Georgetown, who did you hear about coming out there outside of Otto Porter? Mm, man, I can't remember. <laughs> now, oh, I now, think they, I think they have a draft prospect in this year's draft. Kyrie, if I remember, his name is James Booth Booknight. Was that his James Booknight plays for UConn. Oh, excuse me. I said Georgetown. I apologize. Yeah, he plays from Connecticut. Oh, I apologize. But, but with that being said, look who's at the ranks at Georgetown now. You need somebody with that like that stardom to take over his job like that if you want to just transition that quickly and still be a big-name product, I guess, in college basketball. Like I said, Duke, this name itself, was built was built by Coach K. Like, Coach K really built that brand from the, from basically the 70s to where it is now. Now that he left, somebody else has to continue to build that. But it's going to take some time unless they just get another big-name coach or something. That's that's completely fair. That's definitely completely fair. I mean, as, you know, Kentucky is, is my college team. So, you know, I feel like, honestly, Coach K was, like, probably the most successful – not probably was the most successful coach right now in college basketball. What in terms of he won five championships in the last decade. He's won two. 2010, I believe 2015. So he's definitely got one over Coach Cal in that regard. And when it comes to recruitments, he had recruited Zion, a generational talent, you know, and Coach K is just a legendary coach and he'll forever impact the game, whether he's on the sidelines or not on the sidelines. So I definitely wish him nothing but the best and more success in, the, in his future life and endeavors. But that concludes episode. 41 of the Restricted Zone podcast. I want to thank all my co-hosts for coming on there. You guys gave great analysis and points. I want to thank everyone who tunes in and listens to us faithfully. We greatly appreciate it. We try to be very consistent with our busy schedules. And you can follow us on Instagram at Restricted Zone Pod. You can follow each and every single one of us individually with the description below. And you can also follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, 
any type of streaming device you can. We're on there, and you can tune in to follow us. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys, and have a blessed day.